Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Score Podcast. Today I'm joined by sports broadcaster and Aberdeen fan Ali Begg. We discuss Aberdeen's shock defeat to junior side Darvo in the Scottish Cup, the club's response to the result, the sacking of Jim Goodwin and who will be the next man to replace him. All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. Ali, thank you very much for coming back on the show, mate. I really appreciate it. Pleasure, Scott. Anytime, mate. All right, so we'll just dive right into it and uh, we'll go back to what happened last Monday, Ali. Where Aberdeen got knocked out of the Scottish Cup to junior side Darvo, which was arguably the biggest upset in Scottish Cup history. Uh, what was your thoughts on it? We were just simply appalling. There's no other word to describe it. It was a car crash of a performance. It was a shameful performance. You could go as far as saying it was spineless and gutless. And I have to be honest, I never ever thought that we have, we had a performance like that in us. I know we got we lost heavily against Hearts in midweek, but I think that result slightly flattered Hearts. But we were we were not at the races at Tynecastle at all, and I watched that game bewildered against Darvel, just not really understanding what we were trying to do. The fact that they were the better team, the fact that they had more drive, more ambition, they they won all the second balls. Absolute kudos to them because their manager got it absolutely spot on on the night. And what really impressed me about the guy, he was so animated on the touchline and he was driving his boys forward. Whereas our former manager stood there with his arms folded, looked clueless, didn't know what to do, obviously didn't have a plan B. So it was a collective for me on the night. You can't just blame the manager. The players have a duty of care when they pull on that red shirt. And I just don't know what happened to them that night. They allowed themselves to be outplayed by a bunch of guys who are amateurs. And that, and I mean this with the greatest respect. They're part-time football players. And most of them had to probably come from work, where they probably put in a hell of a shift that day, to then come and play in the biggest games of their lives. And they thoroughly beat us they won the battle and deserved to win and it left us in a in a sense of chaos and it was it was very difficult scott it was really difficult for an Aberdeen, for all of us aberdeen fans that that game yeah and i was watching uh, your live stream last week and you said that you text i think it was your brother and said we're getting beat tonight and this was in the first half i felt we were going to lose that game 20 minutes in when they scored even before they scored, I texted my brother and said, I've got a bad feeling about this. And then when they scored, I texted him again and said, we're going to lose this game tonight. Because first impressions for me on that, I, I always thought going into that game, if we can get a foothold in that game straight away, if we can control the midfield straight away, then I think we'll be okay. It's going to be a battle and it's going to be difficult and they're going to be up for it. But if we can just get a stranglehold of the game immediately, then I think we'll be okay. But we didn't do that. And the fact that they were passing the ball around for fun, they were enjoying long spells of possession. And at times it looked like we were chasing shadows and we were running down blind alleys. And it was just, it was like a performance I've never seen before. And as soon as they went 1-0 up, I thought that's it, we're doomed. Because I just couldn't see, I couldn't see us getting back into the game. It was, it was a frightening prospect. Yeah, and what did you make of the club's response to the defeat? I thought it was embarrassing. For me, all it did was just cause 
a huge feeling of confusion and chaos. And I don't understand for the life of me why Jim was not either sacked on Monday night or first thing Tuesday morning. And the general consensus is that, look, nobody wants to see a manager lose their job, of course not, but he should have gone immediately. Instead, what they did was they put a, no a noose around his neck and put him in a situation where he was a dead man walking and put all this pressure on him for one game. And the fact that it took them two days to make up their minds about his future with the club was just a nonsense. It needed an instant response. And what we basically did was waste a week. And this is a vital week. Okay, we've signed, at the time of recording, we've signed three players today, which is great. And from what I understand, one of them was Barry Robson's choice, but a couple of others had been targeted by the recruitment team and discussions had been held with Jim Goodwin about them. But the response was too little, it was too late, and when it came out, oh my God, yeah. never read a statement like it in my life. Yeah. Poorly written, awful grammar, just left people completely confused. And this football monitoring board nonsense, that was the last thing we needed. It just made more of a mockery of us, I think. So I think the whole thing was dealt with very badly and very poorly. Um, can you pinpoint a specific moment where things started to go downhill for Goodwin? I believe it was the Celtic game post-World Cup. I was appalled at how he set us up in that game. I can Listen, don't get me wrong, I can understand what he's trying to do. I get what he's trying to do, but that's not what we're about. We're not that type of team. If he'd done his due diligence on our football club properly, he would have known that is not a, that is not our tradition. That's not what we have built ourselves on, our history on. And it was an appalling way to set up a team. And I genuinely believe it instilled a mentality into our players that they weren't good enough. And I genuinely believe that's when potentially some of them started to doubt him as their manager. Because you should always instill nothing but the best for your players. You are the best players. That's the type of mentality a, a manager or a coach or a leader should be instilling in their people. Make them feel 10 feet tall. Make them feel that they're the, that they're the best they can possibly be. That's what leadership is all about. Give them the confidence to go out on the park and beat these guys. Technically, the Celtic players are better than our players. Of course they are. But I, at the end of the day, it's 11 against 11 on the pitch. And it's what's in your heart. And it's what's in your mind that can drive you forward. And if you have the mentality, that extra 10% strength in your head, you just never know what might happen on the day. And I genuinely believe on that day, he made our players feel that they weren't good enough. And I think that was his downfall. Yeah, and then obviously two or three days later, um, Aberdeen played Rangers, and Rangers did not play well in that game whatsoever. Awful. Oh, yeah. And Aberdeen second half played very well. And then in the last few minutes in stoppage time, Rangers go on and get the three points. And I feel as though, that for me, I think that was maybe the turning point where the, the players' confidence was just, was just shot to bits after that, where it was like... I think there's a real issue with the Aberdeen's player, the Aberdeen players' mentality because Rangers deserved nothing out of that game and then Rangers somehow left with three points. 
Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Neither could I. I agree with you when it comes to the players. And over this past few days, the the players quite rightly have have come in for some amount of stick from the fans. And I have absolutely no sympathy for them because the performance on Saturday against Hibs was disgraceful. Knowing the magnitude and the importance of the game for their manager and where the football monitoring board asked for an instant reaction and that is what we get the players need to take a long hard look at themselves they really do and i really hope again at the time of recording when we go into the st Mirren game on the wednesday night that they have given themselves a shake that they have been told on in no uncertain terms that the performance on saturday against hibs is not acceptable at any level it's not acceptable to the fans it's not acceptable to the club it's not acceptable to their families and it's also not acceptable to themselves as a collective group that just can't happen again so i'm looking for them to seriously shake themselves down and uh, show some professional pride because that's what hurt me the most after the darvel victory was i was expecting some sort of professional pride response and we got what we got on saturday which is just completely and utterly unacceptable and there's no way to sugarcoat it whatsoever so getting back to the rangers game what annoyed me particularly about that game was the fact that we were able to put our foot on their necks and when it looked like we could be adding to the scoreline i appreciate that jim was forced into a couple of changes because a couple of the lads were carrying knocks but instead of going like for like somehow we started to sit in and we sat in for 20 minutes there were still 20 25 minutes left in the game and instead of absolutely going for the jugular we did the complete opposite we sat in and i got pals of mine who were at that game who sit in the main stand and they were telling me that fans around them were screaming at the dugout to get the boys to push forward to stop sitting in so much and what happened in the end was it was just a kick in the teeth it was gut-wrenching the fact that we were what was it the 94th minute we were winning 2-1 yeah. and then in the 96th minute we lost the game 3-2 now in those situations you're supposed to put your bodies on the line for your team to get over the line to win the game and the mistakes that were made at the back which has been the story of our season is just unforgivable um but the fact that we sat in with 20 minutes to go when we really should have squeezed the jugular instead of taking our foot off it again for me is is almost unforgivable yeah and then obviously after the the hibs game jim goodwin was sacked and chairman dave cormack done a very emotional uh, interview after the game what did you make of it So I, I, I fell for Dave at that time, I have to be honest, because he quite clearly cares very much for the goodness of our football club. And I have absolutely no doubt about that. Dave wears his heart on his sleeve and he doesn't just care about the football club, he cares about the city passionately. And I could see that he was hurting and I can 
fully understand his emotions at that time because there is an argument to suggest that he's got it wrong twice. Um, and, you know, he's getting it in the neck at the moment, particularly from the fans who I think now have a trust issue with him. And I was really interested to read Willie Miller's column in one of the local newspapers where he was suggesting now Dave needs to take a step back and just let the football people get on with running the football department and just allow Dave to do what he does best, which is make very good, strong, business-minded decisions. But I think, I completely agree with Willie here, I think Dave needs to take a step back from potentially interfering within the football department. But I did genuinely feel for him on Saturday. But it, it you know, my levels of sympathy are not overly high because I do think that he made the wrong decision with Jim Goodwin in terms of the Darvel game. I thought the, the statement was really poor and the fact that it took them two or three days to respond after the Darvel victory, for me, was all wrong. All very, very wrong. Yeah, and what would you say has to change in the footballing department, Aberdeen? Well, first and foremost, we need to find, they need to do their due diligence properly on a new manager. So there's lots of names being banded about at the moment. Some that I'm not, I just, you know, it's just the, the usual merry-go-round of managers who are available. None of them that overly interest me, if I'm being honest. I would like us to think out of the box. Um, now, I see that we've been... Um, What's the guy's name? The the Poland manager, the former Poland manager, uh, Czeslaw Michniewicz, who was the manager of Poland during the World Cup. Now, we have been um, strongly linked with him today, and it's really interesting because apparently the link has come from his assistant, who's a guy called Kamil Priakus, um, and he has confirmed that they are ready to talk to Aberdeen, but they haven't officially applied for the job. Now, he's a big name um, in... Polish football, won the league championship a couple of times. He's only 52, um, took Legia Warsaw to the Europa League where they beat Spartak Moscow in Leicester City. So he's got pedigree. So I think these are the type of, these are the, the type of characters that are out there. And during my show, I threw another name in the hat because obviously living in the Austrian-German region, I keep an eye on the football here. And there is a guy here called Adi Hutter who is an absolutely brilliant coach, coached at Red Bull, Light, uh, Red Bull Salzburg, where he won the, the League and Cup double, Young Boys of Bern, where he won the league championship there after a number of years, and also coached in the Bundesliga at the highest level with Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Mönchengladbach. But what's really interesting about Adi Hütter is that he took what is a very small regional football club, which is basically a village football club, from the fourth tier of the Austrian Regional League, and he took them all the way to the Europa League qualifiers in about five years. Now, he, his coaching credentials come from the Red Bull philosophy of coaching, this school of Ralph Ranjuk, this Gagan pressing, what they call it, which is the same school as Ralph Hasenhutl, Jürgen Klopp, Thomas Tuchel, Julian Nangelsmann, so there is a philosophy that these guys all follow, which is basically the, the Red Bull philosophy. 
Now, if they do, now, I'm not suggesting for one minute that Aberdeen should appoint this guy. What I'm suggesting that is if they do their due diligence properly, they will see that these type of guys are available to at least interview and allow them to present their coaching philosophy to the football department. So that's what I want to see first and foremost. I do, I do worry that the people that we have looking after our department are not experienced enough. That also concerns me. I know that they work tirelessly and they work incredibly hard behind the scenes. I'm just concerned about the experience. That's all I'm saying. So, look, we're coming to the, the, the close of the, the January transfer window and, you know, thank, thank goodness we've got in a, a, an understudy goalkeeper who potentially could go straight into the team depending on the international clearance um, because unfortunately Joe has had a tough time recently after he's had to, to come in for Kelly Roos who's going to be out for a number of months and now we've brought in these two players, these two defenders, um, Matty Pollock from, from Watford and Angus MacDonald who's a very experienced defender who's played in the uh, in the English leagues. So the fact that we've brought in replacements has lifted my spirits. I have to be honest, it's filled me with a little bit more confidence. So yeah, let's see, let's see what happens um, between now and the end of the season, because it's going to be an interesting few months. That's for sure. Yeah. I think I completely, I completely agree with you, Ali. I think I would need to appoint someone completely outside the box, something unique, something different. Because the, the, some of the names I've seen been linked with the job, I've seen, um, I've gone to the bookies, Neil Lennon's meant to be the favourite. I feel as though that would be a terrible appointment in the sense of, well, I think you would get a reaction out of the players, but long term it would not be a good appointment because I feel as though it would just end the way it did at Hibs, end the way it did at Celtic. But mm. how would you feel about that? I need, uh, like if Aberdeen actually did go for Neil Lennon. You see, first and foremost, I don't think they will. Mm. I personally would have no issues with them talking to Neil Lennon. I, I'm not 100% convinced long-term, like you, that he would be the right man for the job. He would most definitely get a response out of the players because he's that type of character. He demands certain levels of professionalism. And that I, that I have no doubt about. I would have taken Neil about three years ago, when, when we just started to go a little bit stale under Derek McInnes, I would have taken him then, but I'm not overly convinced at the moment that I would take somebody like Neil Lennon. Um, Neil's a great lad, you know, he's very passionate. I love his passion. There's nobody more passionate out there than him, and he only wants the best for his group of players. I know that. But I do think we have to look out the box because... What I've also found really interesting is the amount of people that say we need to try and bring somebody in who is not going to be afraid of the old institution in Scottish football. And I completely agree with that because we continually pay too much respect on the field of play and we show fear and we've got to stop that because it's not going to get us anywhere. And I'm also getting a little bit sick and tired of us raising our game against Rangers yet for the other games, we're just run-of-the-mill. I think if you ask any Aberdeen fan, I'm really interested to know, would you take four defeats against Rangers if it meant we won every other game? We probably would. 
And, I, and I'm wondering if, like me, other Aberdeen fans are also getting sick and tired of us just raising our game against one team because we should be setting those standards throughout the season, not just in four games in the season. Those are the standards that we should be setting. And if you can raise your standards to that level, you should be doing it every single week. And I'm starting to find that slightly irritating. So, so yeah, I just think even if we were to go down the route of a foreign manager who might not overly understand or know the DNA or the fabric of Scottish football, if my rec- my sort of suggestion and recommendation would be make sure you bring somebody in who does know the DNA and the fabric of Scottish football as someone that you can lean on, somebody that you can talk to, someone that you can pull to one side and really understand from an emotional point of view what it means to manage Aberdeen. So, look, I'm open to the idea of a foreign manager coming in. Um, All I want is for them just to take their time, not rush into it like what I think they did with Jim Goodwin, and just do their due diligence because... As I mentioned, in fear of repeating myself, there are guys out there with excellent coaching credentials who we should be looking at and we should be considering. Do you think Aberdeen might wait until the end of the season to appoint a manager and they might just stick with Robson until then? Yeah, it, it very much could be like that, Scott. That's why I was really interested to see the boy Agnew come in because I thought, oh, now that's an interesting move because that suggests to me You can't just bring a guy in for two or three games, surely. Not a coach of his experience. So as soon as he was appointed, I thought to myself, that's an interesting move. That's almost like the club are saying to us, we're giving ourselves more time to be able to appoint the right manager. Because for the board now, it's also a huge decision. Because this is what, the third appointment in three years, something like that? So it's massive on the board as well to get it right. So there's a lot of pressure on them. So I actually think what they're doing now with Barry um, is the right move. And you know, I listened to Barry's press conference today, and it was he was he was very good. He was very calm. He was very collective about everything. Um, and I'm delighted that he got he's put in the position because Barry's also a very passionate guy. Um, will drive them on, will give them an absolute rocket that I have no doubts about and tell them that their recent performance have been completely unacceptable, potentially tell them that their attitude has also been completely unacceptable and they need to sort themselves out. And Barry's got so much experience, he's played at the very highest level, he's played at a higher level than some of these guys have played. So for me, the club have made a, a very wise move yeah, do you know one thing that uh, surprised me? That Aberdeen haven't went for Leanne Dempster at Queen's Park. Like, I've, I was very surprised at that because the job she done at Hibs was incredible. The job she's doing at Queen's Park is fantastic as well. So, but what do you make of that? Would you like to see someone like uh, Leanne Dempster or Alan Burroughs uh, at Aberdeen? Yeah, 100%. I said it last week on my show that I think we're now at the stage where possibly a big transfer window transfer could be a chief executive officer. And I think I think it's very difficult. And, and, I, and again, I mean this with the greatest respect to Dave Cormack, but if you're living overseas, 
you are almost a passive chairman. Now, I'm not suggesting for one minute that he is passive, but it's not the same as being on the ground and actually on the worker's floor on a day-to-day -day basis. Because if you're not, you're not really getting a full understanding of what's going on. And I know that he's got people in there that he trusts. He's got his lieutenants in there. That's absolutely fine. But from a day-to-day -day basis, running that football club, I think it needs a chief executive officer. And I think it needs a football-minded chief executive officer. Somebody very much like an Alan Burrows, who did a fantastic job at Motherwell, and Leanne Dempster, who I hold in the highest regard. And you can see how Queen's Park are reaping the benefits of her experience already. Look how far they've come in just a short period of time. And if, if I was Mr Cormack, I would seriously be considering this at the moment because I do think we need people in there with a football brain and a football mind to go alongside a business brain and a business mind to run our football club on a day-to-day -day basis because that's what I think we need and I think it's missing at the moment. And just to finish off, Ali, do you think it's possible that Aberdeen could be in a relegation fight? No. No, I, 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 I know that we are very close. I know we're only nine points off, but I think we have enough in our locker. I think the past 10 days has given us a wake-up call and it's going to be really interesting to see the response from the players against St Mirren. I've heard a lot of talk about the fans getting on their backs and booing them onto the pitch and all this sort of stuff. That doesn't help for me. I don't want to see that. I completely, you know, like I'm a fan myself. I completely understand the frustrations. I've been through it like everybody else. I'm no different to any other fan. But I don't think booing the team onto the pitch would, would help because what's happened now has happened. It's gone. It's history. And we've got a new coaching team in place. We've got new players in place. Now it's time for a fresh start. And we have to begin almost again, starting against St Mirren at Pataudry. So we have to get behind the boys. But the boys have got a lot of making up to do. Like Jim said in his press conference before the Hibs game, we've got a lot of making up to do. Whoa, by God, those players have a lot to answer to. And if they've got anything about them, they will show professional pride first and foremost. And they will go out and they will show us, the fans, that they are proud to wear the Aberdeen shirt. Because that's all we ask for. Go out, show commitment, show passion, show drive, get in about it, win those second balls and just prove to us that you want to be at the football club because that's all we ask for. Thank you very much to Ali for coming on the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they're available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.